Hi, this is Joe Shannon. I'm a lawyer, a husband, a father of six kids, and I also uh, host a podcast called Opening Statement with Joe Shannon. Please consider listening to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, and any other folks that host podcasts. Just Google Joe Shannon and podcast and you'll find it. I hope you enjoyed the show. We're very lucky today to, to meet one of the, my biggest role models in life. Uh, this guy changed my trajectory of where I was going. Um, I was a high school kid. I was going to be in the NBA. Unfortunately, I was uh, about 5'11", 130 pounds, and could jump a little bit, but not, not what needed them. And I was really, you know, the one I thought was going to be an NBA player was me and me alone. So I ran into this fella uh, when I turned out for cross country. It was his first year at Carroll High School, which is no longer around. Uh, a small Catholic school in Yakima, Washington. And it was his first year being a biology teacher, chemistry teacher and uh, a running coach, but he was also a world-class runner. So we met and somehow it worked out that he d basically told me that I could do something. So anyway, this is be an interesting conversation. So um, Phil English is one of the preeminent uh, uh, running coaches at any level, high school, college, wherever in the country he has I don't even know the numbers of state championships he's, he's um, had uh, through Carroll High School and through Eisenhower High School where he's at now. But just uh, a big giver back to the community, the coaching community, the running community. So we're, we're glad to have you. So Phil, welcome to the program. Uh, Joe, delighted to, to be here. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for all those, those kind words in, the, in your intro. Uh, but you're all you're always going to make it, Joe. You just didn't know it at the time. And uh, you know, looking looking back on those first years, you know, I suppose uh, you know I had a lot going on. I was teaching, training at a fairly high level, trying to make the Olympic team, the Irish Olympic team in the marathon. And I suppose looking back on it now, that you know the fact uh, on the interview for uh, uh, for the uh, you know for the job as I was going out the door. Uh, Mike Cooper, who was the principal at the time, said, uh, "Do you do you coach?" And I said, "I said no, no, I don't. I just run, and uh, and I teach, but I don't coach." And he says, "Well, you've got a cross country team." So this is so it, which was kind of you know new to me, and uh, and my my feeling was that that they. Uh, you know that everybody that ran wanted to have run at the same intensity that I did. So I, that's one of the things I had to I had to dial back a little bit. That you know that the high school kids are not necessarily at the same same intensity that I was going. But uh, it was a great experience at Carroll. I, I I love the school. Great kids there, and uh, you know great people. So I I had I had seven great years at Carroll. So I'm sorry that it it closed. But and I Joe, don't be blaming me for closing it. But uh, yeah, it was just finances at the time, but I, I really enjoyed my, my time there. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, when, when Phil came, uh, to, uh, Yakima, Washington in 1980, 
He was a, um, he, he's fresh from um, being in college at Washington State, and he ran with one of the all-time great runners of the world, Henry Rono, and just a great, uh, you know, a coach, John Chaplin, who coached uh, a number of great Washington State teams and, and great runners, and, and uh, so Phil was one of them. But by happenstance, so you were saying that you were hired mainly to be a chemistry and biology teacher. And then, yeah, yeah. My, my background was in, was in, uh, was in biology. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, before I took the job, my, I taught when I was in at university and in, uh, in grad school, I just finished my, my master's degree. You know, I was uh, between, you know, two places, whether or not I was going to go to University of Oregon and do a, begin a doctorate and uh are going to teaching and uh so you know i, I chose the teaching uh, route and uh but yeah my years at w, running at wsu it's hard to imagine it now joe but at one time we had three world record holders on the team at the same time and they weren't world record holders then but they would go on and set a world record in in distance of course henry rona was was uh, uh incredible he set four world records and we had a fellow by the name of Samson Kimwamba, who, who has since passed away. And he set a record, a 10,000-meter world record. And then a fellow by the name of uh, Joshua Kimito, he set a world record at 4,000 meters, kind of an off distance. So uh, you can imagine what some of those workouts were. But thinking back on it, in some of those races, it's only once that I beat one of them in an, in an actual race. So, uh, But uh, I always went into the races so thinking that, okay, these guys, I don't care. Where they're coming from, they're just not as tough as I am. And uh, I got close a few times, but it, it was some some great years though. There, uh, some some incredible workouts and some, you know, uh, you know, we got along incredibly well. It was just an international team, but very very tough team. So t- tell the uh, listeners a little bit about your background. Where are you from, and how'd you end up in the states? Well, you know, I'm from a rural place uh, in Ireland called County Tipperary, just about five miles outside the Tipperary town. And it's a rural area. And of course, growing up in the late 50s, in the 50s and the 60s, you know, it's nothing like today. I mean, doors are never locked. We didn't have a car. If you wanted to go someplace, you either cycled or you ran. And so from a very early age, you know, we, we, with, with my, uh, with uh, my best friend, the fellow who I grew up at, Gerald Reardon, uh, you know, we'd be rambling all over the place. And uh, it was just a different, it's just a very, very easy, uh, you know, background in terms of very innocent time, I suppose. But uh, it, it doesn't mean that we didn't get into trouble from time to time either. But then, you know, a local club was, and I, I played Gaelic games. Every, every parish has GAA or Gaelic games, something called hurling and football. And then a running club was started. And I always knew I could run, you know, mainly because I have an older brother, John, who was like seven years older than I am. And of course, that, that's, a, that's a big amount of time. But, you know, uh, of course, physically, I couldn't, I couldn't match his strength. And uh, so, but we did go into an argument. So I would have to, I would have to have a gorilla ambush on him someplace behind, <laughs> behind a wall or something and just hit him as hard as I could and, and then run like hell. So, and so, which was frequent, by the way. So, but I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, 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 a path mapped out that I could make it to my friend's house and he wasn't allowed to go in there. Not necessarily, he was never told, but he, he just didn't have access to it. So I would just barely make it over the wall to Jerry Reardon's house, you know, as he was gaining ground on me. So that, that was, 
you know, I, I didn't know how fast I could run, but I knew I could run a little bit. So when I, I did, I joined the club and I had some success at an early age and went on to represent Ireland at, at, uh, at junior level and at the schoolboy level. And, uh, and then of course, at, back in the sixties, you know, late seventies, Ireland was a very, very depressed economy. There was no free education back then. So I accepted a scholarship at Washington State University. You know, and I, I'll be honest with you, when I accepted a scholarship, I had no idea that there was a state of Washington. I knew there was Oregon from, from all the, reading all the cowboy and Indians books and, and California, a lot of the states, but Washington was not just on the map in Europe. And we couldn't pronounce a lot of those names anyway, like Seattle, that was a, the, the, the Native American names, the Europeans had a tough time, even to this day, pronouncing some of these names, Puyallup and so on, those are foreign names. So. Um, but uh, so that's what, that's what brought me over here. But even till, till the days they died, my parents, I gave up trying to tell them where it was. They thought I was in Washington, DC. They'd say, well, have you seen the president lately? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> but, so, and they, they couldn't understand that New York would be halfway to where I'm going when I'd, when I'd come back after the summer. That was beyond their comprehension that New York was a lifetime away to begin with. It was only halfway where I was going. So yeah, right. but, uh, you know. So, so that's a, a bit of an overview. That's all right. So then you, you came over in the late 70s, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I came over in, uh, in 73. I started Washington State in 73. Okay. And uh, yeah, then, you know, you, there was no redshirting back then. You ran four years and then you got out and I took a year out. Then I went back and got a master's. And, you know, I left school then, you know, with a master's in, in, the, in the fall of 79, where you and I crossed paths. You know, so. so so then so you're you have a background in kinesiology though, don't you? Yeah, and and uh, kinesiology and the human movement, and uh, and physiology. Yeah, that's that's my background. So so how um, how has that background, that educational background, as far as kinesiology, human movement, helped you become the coach that that you you've been over the last forty years? Well, when I was at when I was at uh, WSU, and probably what brought me to WSU wasn't necessarily the running, because we were just starting out with a brand new coach there, and he, and they were always good, but not at the level that they were going to be in the 70s. Is there was a fellow by the name of Phil Golanik, and he was a world class physiologist. So they had this reputation uh, worldwide of a great physiology, and and, and uh, he was uh, he was very very hard nosed uh, a professor. So you know, I, I had obviously took some classes from him and he put me on a max VO2 test. And to this day, Joe, that is the hardest thing I've ever done. I had no idea what he, the coaches said, hey, go up to Golnick's lab and he wants to do this test. It was at lunchtime and I'd already eaten lunch and I had no idea what to say. I was like, you know, like six weeks off, off the boat, so to speak. And he puts me to this max effort test and God, I was so mad at him. So when I walked into this room, there was this old mattress up against the wall at the back of the treadmill. And uh, I said, well, what on earth is that mattress vertically against the wall? So, uh, but I figured out pretty soon though, so you get warmed up and you have to actually run to full, to total exhaustion to get a, a full max VO2 test. And of course, obviously sometimes people would just stop running and of course the treadmill would be going full bore and you'd be thrown back against that wall. That's why that mattress was there. God, I was mad. I was mad for weeks on that. It was incredibly hard. I scored really high on it, but it was very, very difficult. It was just hard. hard. But he, become, he went on and became a mentor of mine. And, and I remember in a class and I said, 
I, I, I try to marry the physiology, the biomechanics, and so on, uh, and so on. And I asked him a question in class one time, and he said, "No, no." I said, "I don't, I don't, don't confuse it." He, his big thing was muscle, muscle physiology, and I was bringing in these other areas of biomechanics and efficiency and so on. He didn't want to hear about it, so uh, because he just you just confuse the picture of what his interest. And I thought back then that this thing has never been married. The biomechanics, the motor development had never been married. And uh, so that, that's why when I started coaching, I tried to bring these aspects of it together. And that's probably been a hallmark of my coaching, you know, over the years in terms of, of efficiency and so on. You know, one of the things that, that um, I, I uh, distinctly remember um, uh, about um, making the change because you have to understand um, where I came from uh, on 14th and Chestnut across from uh, St. Paul's, the name of the game was basketball. And I played like two or three hours a day and I loved it. And um, the only reason I turned out for cross country was because you want to get in shape for basketball. So I was good in the fourth quarter. And so one of the things that, um, that, that was interesting in my life was when I ran into you and, and I, I basically was doing, I was, when we would do these long runs, say, listen, I'll go out and run eight miles. I would look at, at English and I would say, you got, you got to be kidding me. And so, so basically I, I think I hitchhiked a couple, uh, a couple screw, screw balls with me. And then um, eventually uh, they, you know, the, the professor found out about this and had a long talk with me and basically said, Hey, listen, uh, you suck because you're lazy, and and that's just the way it started. But uh, I I think that's that's a common type of thing that you run into. But the thing that I remember was that once we eventually figured out that you know I had the talent to run, is the sit down was to think big. And so give it give the listeners a little bit of a understanding about the mental aspect of when you coach people about what, 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 how to think, whether it's, you know, um, as far as how far they can go. Well, you know, I don't think you, you never really want to set a limitation on, on, on somebody that you're, you're coaching. And I, I think that, you know, if you're going to be successful with any type of mentorship, there has to be an emotional connection with, with the student or, or, or with the, the protege, so to speak. So that's the first thing that that can be that has to be uh, established, and uh, you know, and, and then you know the way I approach coaching, and, and it hasn't changed that much, Joe. Is that okay? What's the easiest way to get somebody to run fast, without the miles, without all this, you know, the pounding and so on? What is the? And that's where I brought the science into it. Okay, the least amount of miles, greatest amount of efficiency, so that. Because as kids grow, grow older, you know, they'll, uh, they, the, the miles will come naturally enough. And believe it or not, now even uh, many times, if you ask our kids how many miles that they run per week or something, they wouldn't be able to tell you because we don't count miles. It's, it's either by time uh, or by effort, but we don't necessarily count miles per se. Everything is, you know, I mean, how efficient are those kids moving? Because if they're really efficient, and we have a young man right now uh, Jonas Price, and he, he's just graduated. He's going to miss his track season, but he's on his way to Oklahoma State. And, but, you know, since he was in his sixth grade, he, he's, he's super efficient. 
and uh, and that's going to make him, you know, an incredible uh, runner as he goes forward. Yeah, well, so, I guess the, the apple's not going to fall far from the tree because isn't Robert Price still and, coaching with you? He is, yeah. And of course, Robert was a great, you know, eight-time state champion himself. And uh, but this this Jonas is very, very much driven, and uh, and you know, you have to want to be successful, and uh, and uh, you know, he's he's very much driven like that as well. But uh, and it's you know, I think it's it's no you know different in any profession. You know, you've you've got to say, okay, what's the best possible way of doing this? And your own, you know. When you go to a trial, you've got to say, okay, what's the best way of convincing this jury, you know, the way I'm thinking about, you know, you may not necessarily go the traditional route. You may have to do something that's, uh, that's a little bit different. Uh, and coaching is a lot like that. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember the outside reading material um, that you gave me. Uh, there was a couple books um, that you gave me. One of them was about this real crazy runner um, out of uh, Australia, world record holder, um, and this guy Percy Soretti, who was uh, that's coach, and and these guys. I can't remember. You remember the guy's name? Yeah, you're uh, you're the the world record holder. You're talking probably about Herb Elliott. That's who it was. Yep. Yeah. Who never who never lost a mile race, but. Yeah, and his coach was he was he was bona fide crazy in terms of workouts. There's no two ways about it. And years later, uh, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he, when he passed away, his wife turned over a uh, a cachet of uh, of letters that uh, and materials that uh, a much better book about him was uh, was written by a British author. But yeah, so you know he uh, he retired when he was like 21, 22. I think he was 22 when he retired. But he trained, you know, incredibly hard in that that amount of time with Sarati. But very, very unconventional approach to uh, to training as well. No, I was reading all these books that you'd given me, and I'm I'm look I'm some a kid, a kid in Yakima, Washington. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm kind of figuring out, hey, who am I, etc. And then one thing that the thing that I that hit me was that that you basically said to me, listen, if you do exactly what I tell you to do, then uh, you could be the state champion. You could go to college and have somebody else pay for it. Uh, and they kind of set your way to go. And so to me, it was like a no brainer that to do it. And yeah. um, so I, I never thought that big, but I think it's important that, you know, high school teachers, coaches, that type of thing, get individual with people because it does make a difference. So I thank you for that. I mean, I, and I, I think you're doing the same for the, you know, for the last 40 years. Yeah, the, the education part of it, getting on to, to, to university, is, is incredibly important. Just, just last week, we, we got a girl straight, uh, squared away. And, of course, this year right now, with the stay-at-home orders, uh, seasons canceled across the country, you know, they, a lot of them were, 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 you know, planning on this. And, of course, that's disappeared. So you have, to, you have to try and make some contacts and say, hey, this, you know, this is where this particular person, you know, needs to be in. And I looked enough, we, we've just got one left uh, to take care of here this spring. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, when you come from a small, small town, you, I think there's a, there's a perception that, you know, if you're competing against somebody from a, from a large city or a larger area, that they're, they're somehow better, you know, or than, than you are, of course, uh, that's not necessarily the case. And uh, but uh, getting a college education now through running 
And that's still, that's still a great way to go. And even from a very early age, you know, like ninth graders and coming in, their, their, you know, their plan is, uh, is to get out of school. And the average, the average person graduating from university today, undergraduate, they, they're 37,000 in debt. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money when you're starting out in life and you're, you know, uh, so we try and reduce that to, to, so that it's zero, you know, but the college education is still a great way to get ahead. You know, uh, so how many kids, how many kids, Phil, do you have, you kept any stats of how many kids that have graduated from your program in the last 40 years received college money? Yeah, there, there's, 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 there's hundreds of them. Somebody calculated there a few years ago and they, they, they came up with about over 40 million you know, in terms of money, you know, and that was the dollar amount, you know, at that particular time. And, you know, college scholarships, now there's, there's a lot of money involved in them. You know, you're talking about uh, over, no longer it's over four years, it's over five years because they're starting master's programs and so on. But, uh, you know, this young man, Jonas Price, I mean, he's got, you know, when we deal with him, we meet with the kids and the parents and, you know, I, I drive a really hard bargain with these college coaches and, and, with uh uh you know this young man is going to go to oklahoma state and and uh he's not going to be a burden on his and he's a good student you know as well uh you know going forward so it's the best you know it's still the, the one of the best options out there it's not for everybody obviously but it's a great option especially if you're coming out of depressed areas like yakima and you know you're coming out of poverty environments the, the education is absolutely paramount what's the uh um, the thought then, um, when, when you're, you're teaching these folks, um, about how, um, about academics, are you still teaching? Yes, I am. Yeah. 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 So, and so you teach biology and chemistry still? No, no. I teach uh, honors biology and then a senior, a senior class. That's also a college class. It's anatomy and physiology so that they get college credit for as well. It's dual wow. credit. And that's the seniors. So I don't know, yeah, I, so this is something that's searing in my memory is, so um, I was lucky enough to, to, after my junior year, it was my first year of running, to go on this national trip. And I went to, with this running group in Washington State, and we went to this national competition. I got a little behind in my chemistry, and I come back, and I get this test, and then uh, Phil ends up giving me a D on the chemistry test, and I remember going in afterwards saying, hey, listen, buddy, you know, I'm, <laughs> and he's like, he goes, basically, he, he says, okay, you got an issue with me or you got an issue with the test? No, it was actually biology, Joe. <laughs> so I, see, that's what, I, I don't know either one of them. Yeah, you, so you obviously didn't do well, but no, you slashed <laughs> off a little bit. There's no two ways around it. Yeah, I gave you a C. Don't, I didn't give you any D. I gave you a C. No, no, no. Maybe in the class, but that test, I remember getting the big fat D. I want to see that transcript. I want to see that transcript. <laughs> anyway, um, well, listen, so tell me about uh, Eisenhower High School now, the, the program that you have, the Sunfair, the whole Sunfair thing, and um, your, your camps. I mean, that's the thing that, that's really cool about what's going on now. Um, I know we're in this stay-at-home order, and it affects the camps this year. But the, the progress has been made since 1980 or 79 uh, to now is absolutely 
utterly amazing. I live, I grew up three or four blocks from Franklin High School, Franklin Junior High, and that's where they hold this big Sun Fair meet, which people come from all over the country to, to run this big cross country race. But the whole Sun Fair thing is amazing. The whole uh, cross country camp is amazing. Um, I mean, how do you fit all this stuff in? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we've got great assistance and, you know, we have a booster club that's, that uh, they just take care of cross country and track. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, the environment here is, uh, it's a great place to train. Yakima is a great place to train. Uh, so the weather is, is very, very good uh, for most of the year. And uh, it's just kind of grown one thing out of another. And, uh, you know, so the school district, you know, we have a, we have a really good uh, superintendent right now uh, that, uh, you know, is very supportive. And uh, so things are, you know, are, are looking up. And, you know, you, you can't, because it's a depressed area or you've got a large amount of kids that are in poverty or minority students, you can never use that as an excuse. You know, if it's used correctly, it can be an incredibly motivating factor, but, you know, but you just have to know uh, how to, how to, how to use that in, in a positive way. How do you do so, that? How do you, how do you do that? So how do you get to the point where, so there's, there's a, um, a level of uh, the economic is not good. Uh, the, the family is working really hard to make ends meet. Maybe both parents are working yeah. and the kids are, need to work too. And so how, how do you get to them and how do you motivate them? And how do you, how do you bring this community together to, to, to make such an athletic success? So, well, the first thing is that, you know, when somebody comes into school, a very small amount of money. I mean, if you don't have it, a very small amount of money, you might as well be talking thousands of dollars to a kid that doesn't have $25 or $20. So, the, the, and it starts off that the goal is to eliminate any uh, financial hardship for any kid that wants to compete. So that's what the booster club is. So when we go on the road, we never ask, we never ask you know, for, for meal money for the kids or, or hotel money or anything along those lines. That's got to be, and we explain this to the parents that that's never going to be we're not going to ask you for money, so that takes a lot of a lot of pressure off the off the parents as well. Uh, and then, of course, where we are right now, Joe, is that we've got we've got a lot a lot of second generation parents. Their kids are already in the program, so they so they're very much supportive of it. So they're they've gone through the program, and and then we have you know people that that can support it very very generously. They want to make sure that this continues as well. I mean, we have a you know, uh, you know, a timing crew, all their kids have already graduated, so they time all the meets. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all tied together. But I think you have to eliminate the financial aspect of it because, uh, and, and of course, we do everything from shoes all the way through. So how, 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 if people want to donate to some of your programs, where, where's good places to donate? Well, I, I mean, we have, you know, we have a booster club that's, a, that's nonprofit and their whole goal is to, just raise money uh, for the program, and that's and that's what they do. And uh, the Eisenhower booster, I just Eisenhower track and field booster, absolutely, yeah. Okay, and then what? What other? What other ones can they? Can people donate to? Well, I mean, they. Uh, that's that's the one that goes to directly to the high school kids. Oh, that's uh, great. 
yeah so and that's uh, yeah and uh, but you know we're in a great place right now and uh, you know if uh, you know if we weren't you know it would make it more difficult you know to uh, you know to have some of the success and I feel I still feel energized and so on and you know this spring has been incredibly disappointing because of of these kids that uh, you know that uh, that lost a lost out in their, their, their chance of competing. And, uh, you know, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're heartbroken as well, but, uh, uh, you know, because, you know, well, kids, kids are, they don't see the big picture, but it's obviously, you know, the right thing to do, but it's, it's still very, very difficult on them. Maybe especially, you should go to, maybe you should go to, yeah, maybe you should go over to Washington state and get that VO machine and set <laughs> it up and get the mattresses and, and have yeah. a competition inside. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, let me let me make a note to that effect here so that, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that didn't bring back uh, good memories of me, all right. But, uh, yeah, so – but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – you know, I've, I've really enjoyed my, my time here in Yakima. I mean, I've been here for about close to 40 years now. So, you know, it's uh, it's home to me now. Let, let me ask you um, about the, the camps that you put on. Um, so, I remember – uh, going up to Clear Lake slash White Pass Cross Country Camp. I don't know what you call it now. Uh, and I think I was uh, helping out at, at some point. But um, tell me about what it's like now. And are there coaches clinics involved? Or, you know, what's what's going on with that? So we it started off being uh, – so, Joe, when you went up there, you were at you were down at Clear Lake, correct? You, you were yes. at the Clear Lake aspect of it. Yeah. So I got involved in it in, in that 1982 when I just got into coaching. And uh, uh, so now the camp has moved up to, the, to the, the ski area of White Pass. We moved up there in 84. So the kids stay in the condos and then, you know, we have access to the whole area because there's no, it's very remote. There's nobody up there. So it's a great setup. It's absolutely great. Uh, we have 156 kids uh, per week and they come from all over the place. We even get kids from overseas. You know, they come from Alaska, you know, but we're locked in because of the housing, you know, the condos there. So, and we have three successive weeks, usually the last three weeks in July. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, there's no problem filling the camp. We have to turn kids away. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's very successful. And, uh, and then, I mean, we, we, you know, we have various coaches there as well. Now this coming, this, this, uh, this coming August, we had a coaches clinic schedule for there and we had to cancel that as well because you just you just can't maintain any type of social distancing and it's just we needed a permit and uh the forest service you know we did we didn't even try and get it because we just couldn't it's just not doable and it was too you know it was too problematic going forward with it. so that's proposed that's uh, postponed until next year early so August. tell me tell me about the coaches clinic what, what's the goal there so we bring in some of the you know, some of the, the top coaches uh, in, in past years. We've done it for about 11, 11 years, not every year, but every few years. And it's been a f quite a few years since we've had one. So we've had bring in some of, the, some of the top coaches that we can get hold of. So next year, it'll be, you know, it'll be right smack dab in the middle of the, of the Olympics. Uh, you know, so it'll be, you know, you know, it's about, you know, two, two or three days that we, uh, we bring in some, these are specialists, you know, talk about eating disorders and so on. And the focus is on, on coach next year is on coaching female athletes. Okay. You know, that's one of the aspects of it. 
So um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, um, can, do, do you have any defining moments in your career as a, as a coach and, and uh, athlete that, that have kind of been important in your life? Uh, well, everyone is important uh, as, you, as you go forward. But you spend so many years in it, they begin to run together a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been, you know, a few cases that, uh, that were, were really important to me. Just, and he, he's in his final semester right now of school, a young man that uh, came to us. He, was, he ran cross country, but he was a quarter miler. And uh, he was homeless. And uh, so we, uh, you know, we, uh, and he, he only came out his, uh, his junior year. Again, just like you, Joe. He thought he was a basketball player. <laughs> and, uh, he, and he came from the Turks and Caicos Islands. But he had dual, dual citizenship. Great young man. But he wants to be in the worst way to be a police officer. But he's going he's gonna to graduate uh, from an, a college here in the Northwest this, this spring. And, uh, you know, and for him, going from homeless to be, being a police officer with a college degree is incredibly successful. But he was a battle. I mean... We came to the point where, you know, he didn't have the credits to graduate. He wanted to go back for another year. The state said no. And, you know, I met with, I threatened to sue the state over, over their uh, discriminatory policy. And well, let me know if he needs somebody to sue somebody. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, no, they, they, uh, I, yeah, so actually, I actually uh, got some help from, a, from another lawyer friend of mine in the Seattle area. But so, but. Just one, I guess what I'm trying to say is just one decision can be absolutely monumental yeah, going forward in a person's life, you know, and it, it can be small or it can be, you know, a large decision. It's just, but on a daily basis, the decisions that you make, they may not be, you know, we all make hundreds of decisions every day, but many times we don't realize, you know, what uh, the, the final outcome of that decision is going to be until many years later. Well, that's that's a great story. I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking that that you should be writing some uh, keeping your memoirs here, so we can write, we can get a book from you, Phil. Is that is yeah, it one of the, that, in the works? That book has already been written, anyway. So uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's uh, yes, but but uh, so those all those all those people are you know are are very important, but uh, you know, and, and the journey is always you know looking back on it, you know. I don't, I don't keep track of league titles or district titles or state titles anymore. It's, it's really the journey. And, we, and when a kid comes into the program, they don't care who has gone before, really. They, they just want to know, okay, what, what can you do for me now? What, can, what help can you do for me at this time? You know, so, uh, you know, that's, I think it's, it's probably like that in your profession as well, Joe. They don't care oh, yeah, for sure. you are. You know, yeah, absolutely. So what, what, um, another thing I want to ask you was, did you have any um, any any uh, like role models or, or or mentors that that you look to that have been formative for you? Well, you know, I grew up really without a coach. I mean, a, a former coach per se. So I trained on my own. It's a very small club in a rural area. So these are people that were not necessarily experts, but they they all had an interest in the sport. You know, but they weren't they weren't like technical coaches. And one, one person I became very close to, and he passed away about six years, well, eight years ago now, 
uh, a fellow by the name of Reverend Brother Joyce, who's an Irish Christian brother. And he was head of, the, of an association. And, uh, and even once, when I left Ireland, we, we maintained a close association over the years. And he visited here a great deal. And one of his favorite places was White Pass. He came up and gave a few talks up there at White Pass. But, uh, I, you know, I suppose the thing that I learned from him is that you know, to be a really good coach, you don't need to know the X's and O's of that particular sport. You just have to really want to help the individual involved. The technical aspect of it, nobody's going to say, you know, that that person was a great technical coach. He, he didn't like me, but he was a great technical coach. You know, it's it's uh, you have to you have to appreciate the athlete first. You have to have that that connection, you know, before you can move forward. You know, so. So what what's the what's the what's the next five years look like for you? What's what's the big innovations? What's going to happen in Yakima here? What's what's going on? Well, is you don't have an opening there in your law firm or anything like that? Oh yeah, we do. Anytime you want, just call me up. Yeah, you know, it's be a tough commute for you. <laughs> well, I'm sure it would. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of more of the same. Uh, they uh, we we have a, a refurbished stadium. Uh, right now, the, the track itself, uh, we've got two new high schools, Davis and Ike, and that I was involved in the construction of. And I suppose, uh, you know, some internal, internal uh, refurbishing of the stadium per se, you know, the, the, the stands and so forth of the stadium would be, would be uh, uh, something that, that I would like to see done before, before I leave the place. And this big video board that we're getting sponsored by GISA Credit Union, they're covering the entire cost of it, is, uh, is the first step going forward. And, and in a little over a week, that should be completed. And so that's, that's, that's pretty big. Do you remember the, the, the make of the car that you had the, back in 78, 79, uh, the, mister? You, ha you had to open, that, you open the back of it with a screwdriver? Yeah, that one. What about it? That was a great car. That was my favorite car. How many of you did I get in the back in the back end of that thing? <laughs> all, all I know is is you know we when I first started, uh, Coach um, decided that we were going to have morning practices, you know, throughout the seasons, both uh, cross country and, and track. And by the way, the showers were cold, and so we we got there, and and so all of a sudden, and so I said, well, you know, I really have a tough time getting a ride, and that was my out. So eventually. He pulled up in front of my house in this beater. I, I don't even know what kind of car that thing was or where you got it. But, I, and there was a honk and I got in the car and, you know, there was no excuse then. So I, I don't know what that car, do you still have that car? Are you kidding me? She was 40 <laughs> years old when I had it. No, I don't have it. You know, I drive a Ford 350 now. So, so people can <laughs> just kind of get out of the way when they see that coming. But yeah, I do remember that. But. The one thing I remember about that thing, it was really bad on icy roads because the steering was really loose. So you didn't really have a good idea as to where exactly, how the wheels were turned on it. But that's, but you didn't know that, but that was all right. That's good. Well, listen, I, I, um, I want to uh, make sure and talk to you in the future because uh, you're a real, real interesting cat. I really like talking to you. And, uh, but just an uh, absolute uh, gem and legend for Yakima. And uh, I thank you so much for everything you've done for me. I mean, I, I think you put me on the road to success and, and uh, belief in myself and thinking big and I try and pass it on to everybody that I deal with. But um, how, how many state champions you got now? 
I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, that's, what, that's when you know you've got a lot. <laughs> so, but you've got, you know, you're always looking to the next one, you know, so, but it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you have to really start over every year. Yeah, you really do. I think if you start, you know, if you don't, you get, you kind of get a little bit lazy on it and uh, you got to start over and you got to make a difference to those kids. Every kid is different anymore, but uh, yeah. You know, so, but we got, we got some great kids here in Yakima and, you know, I'm lucky to be able to coach them. Well, I'm hoping that fall, you guys are all back in school and that the cross country season goes off without a hitch and it's all set to go. And then we'll, we'll check in with you then, but thanks so much for spending the time uh, with me. It's been a great going down memory lane. I still remember that yeah. car pulled in front of my house. <laughs> yeah, we still do that, Joe, by the way. <laughs> but do you really? Yes, we do. Things haven't changed. If we had some kids, more, I'm never the morning person myself. So listen, if I'm suffering in the morning, I want to make sure other people are suffering. Misery, <laughs> loves, misery loves company in the morning. That's my philosophy. That's the spirit. Well, thank you so much, Phil. And, and Joseph, uh, thank have a great you, Thank you for listening to the opening statement with Joe Shannon. You can find us on the internet at shannonlawgroup.com or telephone our office at 312-578-9501. Have a terrific day.